You're listening to the Seek Go Create podcast, a part of the SGC network. For those looking for excellence, moving towards success, and creating something new. And here's your host, Tim Winders. Hello, everyone. This is Tim Winders coming to you from the front seat of the mobile office, the RV. And I am excited to share with you today, continuing our season, continuing, and we're getting deep into it now, continuing our season on The Everyday Leader. And today the episode is going to be primarily talking about how to lead others, or one of the one of the titles I had is How to Lead Them. I think one of the previous episodes talking about leading ourselves, I had How to Lead Us and then How to Lead Them. So that was the origin of kind of how that came out. But uh, anyway, this is, this is really just, I've just got a, a number of bullet points that are reminders. Some of them are so simple. I know that people are going to go, wow, that seems pretty simple. And we had to mention that. And unfortunately, if you recall, when I, when I started this season, I shared with you one of the catalysts for me making these notes, writing this down, and now doing this podcast on this was that I had been in an experience where it was really a small group. It was a group of people that were going to be going on a trip and doing some missions. And I just (laughs) had an experience with uh, someone who was in the leadership role. I hesitate to even use the word leader, but I kind of saw all the examples of what someone should not do. So a lot of what I'm going to be talking about here are just basic things 101 in leading other people. I know that there are advanced things. In fact, some of them we're going to be covering in up, upcoming episodes. In fact, episode seven is going to be communication and the importance of communication in leading others. And then episode eight will be leadership and talking about process systems and organizations. But this, this today is just basic, basic stuff when it comes to interacting with and leading, being an influence influence over being a steward over other people and as as you may know I keep repeating the definition of leadership over and over again throughout this season and once again that definition is being a steward over those people places and or things that God has gifted you with and really what we're going to be looking at today I guess is people being a steward over those people and some things that you need to do, be mindful of, and to do on a on a real consistent basis. So, so let's let's remind ourselves of a principle that we really addressed in the last episode, but it becomes so important when we talk about working with other people, and that is the basic foundation here. When we are dealing with having the responsibility of leading other people is to love other people. Really love other people. And I don't know how to stress that enough. It is so easy to believe when we get placed in a position of authority or responsibility to believe that it's all about us, that we're the big dog, we're important. But I really want you to think in terms of I'm here for the purpose of these people that I am now a steward over. 
that I am now their servant and I am going to help them achieve and accomplish what they need to achieve and accomplish. So basic premise number one is to just love other people, really, really love other people. So I'm, there's probably two or three books I'm going to be mentioning as we, as we move along here. And I, I want to go back a little bit and, and share where a lot of my, I guess a lot of my training in leading other people came from because it really didn't come, I was trained as an engineer, I went to Georgia Tech, I'm an industrial engineer, didn't really come from that. You know, I guess I, I was able to do some things when I was in school and leadership that might have helped. But I really became immersed in leadership and, and how to deal with people and how to work with other people when around 1990, 1991, my wife and I joined a multi-level marketing business. We were in the Amway network. And for about 10 years, we built an organization within that structure. And I'll just say I learned a ton of stuff about how to deal with other people, how to influence other people, how important it was to have those skills. So a number of things I'm going to be mentioning to you here probably came from that. And so if any of you have ever been in that, that type of environment, some of this may sound familiar, but I believe it applies everywhere. It's not something that's just specific for that world, for that environment. So, so anyway, the first thing I want to mention, there's two books that really became foundational books for me in how I was able to interact and work with other people. The first book is a little bitty book, it's a little pamphlet book, and it's called Skill with People by Les Giblin. Skill with People, and I wish I had a copy of it to hold up. I'm mostly digital now because I'm a nomad and I move around and I don't have like a lot of people in their offices right behind me, big bookshelf with all these books. You know, when you live in an RV, you just can't have a bunch of bookshelves because they're heavy and they'll fall when you drive around. So not a good thing to have. So digital has been actually a good thing for me in that area. But this book, Skill with People by Les Giblin, is a great one to have. And I still remember getting that because it was really thin and it was almost like written in an outline form. And I remember slipping that book in between my center console and my driver's seat, just kind of having it sit in there. And for probably a few years, I would have that book in there. And when I would be sitting in a red light or in traffic, I was driving in Atlanta traffic at the time because I was still working at Bell South Corporation. And I would sit and I would pull that book out and I would read a few bullet points. I would read a, read a few things. I'd sometimes have a highlighter and I would highlight it. And I would just study that book, Skill with People by Les Giblin. If you've never read it and you do anything with people, which everybody does, you need to get that book. It's a great book, Skill with People by Les Giblin. Second book is a classic. Most people have read this one, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And this is People Skills 101. And I know most people have read it. I will say it's probably been a few years since I reread it, but there was a period of time that every couple of years I would pull it out and read it or at least scan through it again just to make sure I still had some of the basic principles. So How to Win Friends and Influence People is another classic book. And I know some of you are sitting and going, well, Tim, you know, we're talking about leading others. There's so many new books out there. There's so much advanced teaching on it. And you know what? I do agree with you. There's some great books out there. I think Amazon's got 200,000 plus if you do a search. 
but sometimes you just need to get down to the basics. I remember reading a biography years ago on Vince Lombardi, the the, the incredible coach for um, for the Green Bay Packers when they won the first two Super Bowls, and and I thought it was interesting because there really wasn't a lot of advanced, I guess, thinking to his coaching. I think the name of the book was When Pride Still Matters. It's a great book if you want to try to pick that one up. But in that, it it really talked about how Vince Lombardi at the beginning of every football season with professionals, with professional football players, would hold a football and stand up in front of the room and say, this is a football. And so maybe what I'm doing with some of these bullet points in this in this podcast episode is I'm holding up a football and I'm saying this is a football or this is basic loving on people getting along with people having skill with people one-on-one and in the book how to win friends and influence people one of the things that Dale Carnegie talks about is one of the most important things in dealing with people is to learn their names and to be able to say their names to them, to learn their names and just repeat them to them. It is just so important to, to learn people's names, number one, and then to be able to repeat them and look them in the eye and call them by their name. And I was at a, it's real interesting, we were on the Oregon coast this summer and I'm always walking around and meeting people and talking to people if if you can't tell I, I love people and love to get around people and and there was someone that worked there and they kind of drove by and and they mentioned something and I asked them their name and I repeated their name to them and they said boy you know I really have a hard time remembering names I said you know you need to you need to try not to say that because it's really important to remember names I said well well I don't really know how to do that. I said, well, let me tell you how to do that. They go, and this person was driving a golf cart and they just stopped in their tracks. And they said, you can tell me how to do that? I said, sure. And you know, it's interesting. It's been a number of months now, so I can't remember what their name is. I think it was Melissa. And I said, what's your name? She goes, my name's Melissa. I said, well, Melissa, it's it's really nice to meet you, Melissa. Melissa, where are you from? And she said, I think I see what you're doing here you're just repeating my name over and over again until you get it. I said, you're exactly right. So, Melissa, where are you from? And she told me where she was from. I said, you know, Melissa, I knew somebody from that that part of the world one time. I said, what's the best thing you like about that area? And she told me, I said, well, Melissa, I've enjoyed talking to you. I've been, I've really, I really appreciate it. And, and, and so she was asking me the same thing and trying to remember my name. But the cool thing is the whole time I was there, kind of went by, I said, hey, Melissa, how you doing? She'd be in the cart and things like that. It's just so powerful. And it's so encouraging and uplifting to people when people call them by their name, because especially in today's world, people just don't do it. And I'm going to bring this up. You know, it's so easy to have conflict with people. And one of the things that we desire to do is to break down barriers we have between us, because there's a natural, I guess there's kind of a natural distrust that we have between people. We don't trust each other. And so mistrust, distrust, did I say that right? Mistrust, distrust, I don't know. Anyway, and so we don't really trust other people. And and what we want to do, one of our, our goals is to try to bring down those barriers that are between us so that 
we can communicate better. We can interact with people. We can, we can speak to them. We can pull out the greatness in them, and they can help us with things, and we can help them with things. And learning people's names, calling them by name, and saying them over and over again is one way that you're able to lower those barriers. Another way you're able to do that, and I think this is important, is to look people in the eye. Now, don't be creepy. Don't be scary. Don't do, be diabolical and don't blink or anything. But, you know, this is like a, such a pet peeve of mine is to be talking to someone and their eyes be off in the distance and darting and doing different things. And, and I just, I see people that it is such, such a weakness when they don't just, with, with the strong ability, look people in the eye. And, I, and this is really, especially when you're interacting with people one-on-one, but even when you're in front of a group, when you're in front of a group, and I, I remember, you know, I attended Bible school for a couple of years, and there was, there was a guy there that taught, and this was the technique he taught. He said, if you're speaking to a group, look at the wall about five feet above them and just look back and forth at the wall. And I was sitting here going, what a horrible thing to teach. What you're basically doing is you're missing the opportunity to connect with people and really interact with them and show them how much you love them. That is not the way to speak in front of people. If you're speaking in front of a group, if it's four, five, ten, eight, a hundred of them, you make every effort to make eye contact with as many people as you can. That is a great way to connect with people, lower barriers, and show them that you care for them, have compassion for them, and have a love for them. Another way to do that is to just smile. Just smile. In almost every culture, now I know around the world there may be some different cultures, in almost every culture, to just smile at people is something that is going to break down barriers. It's going to, it's going to help, it's just going to help them see that you want the best for them. And listen, I know some people fake this stuff and any of the things I'm talking about, people can fake it. I'm, I'm hopeful that you're going to do it with the genuine, genuine attitude of compassion and understanding that you're not going to be trying to fake it or anything, but just smile more. I'm, I'm recording this on video and I'm smiling as I look in the camera and looking in the camera and trying to, trying to make eye contact if someone ever sees this video but just smile and listen, I, I've noticed that there's a natural tendency for most people to have somewhat of a solemn or a stern countenance. So smiling and looking people in the eye is something that you have to practice doing and you have to train yourself to do it. And smiling should be your natural go-to, not something that you do it so rarely that it, it hurts muscles in your face because you're trying to do it. I'm looking in the camera now and faking a smile. So just smile. Listen, learn names, look people in the eye and smile. And let me just tell you, those basic three things, they're going to allow you to have more influence, to have more leadership, to be a, as a, to be a great steward over people than almost anything else that we can talk about and teach. We're going we're gonna to keep going here, but I'm just saying those three basic things, if you can't do anything else, at least give those things a try, because if nothing else, you're just going to be more pleasant to be around, and you're going to attract people, which is kind of the basis of influence. I do want to mention an exercise. I was, I was at a conference a few years ago, and 
one of the things that they did, it was sort of an icebreaker, but sort of odd at first, but I thought it I thought it was a good practice in the environment we're in, and I think it would be a great thing to do with a team or a group of people that are really wanting to work on some of these skills. And I, I don't know what they called it, but I'll call it the STAIR exercise. And it was real simply this. We broke up into pairs, and I was there with my wife, and they actually said, try not to do it with, with your spouse, try to get a stranger. And they said, pick a person, and look them directly in the eye and attempt to do that for 60 seconds. You could blink or whatever, but not to say anything and just really look deep into their eyes and really try to look in and let them know that you're focused and you're intent on, on being present with them. And I'll tell you, at first I was thinking, this is going to be kind of odd. I mean, I'm thinking, well, it shouldn't be tough. But it was fairly tough to do. And it was really cool what ended up happening because, you know, I I'm, I was a little uncomfortable because they had us doing it sometimes with the opposite sex and things like that. And, you know, when your wife's on the other side of the table doing that with someone, you kind of go, oh, boy, this is going to be kind of odd. But it was a great practice in being intentional with someone for 60 seconds and 60 seconds is an eternity when you do that so that was a cool exercise so you might want to try that at some point and uh, so anyway let's um let's keep moving along and I just want to remind you after kind of covering those basic basic items that that leadership it is still really really rewarded in this culture, but we really, we, we seem to assume that people have the basic concepts we've talked about. In other words, we don't teach them. We don't talk about them. People don't read the basic books that I just talked about. They just kind of want to go straight to the advanced stuff. And I think what we're noticing, I notice it. I notice it in a lot of corporations, organizations, and like I said before, ministries, that they don't have some of these basic things down. They don't just have a basic understanding of really interacting with people. But we're going to do that because we're attempting to, we're going to be intentional about it, and we're going to make an effort to do it. So, all right, next next bullet point here is to, wherever you can, give an encouraging word. In person, if possible. But if not, we've got other ways of doing it today. Text, private message, social media will also work. There are a lot of ways to uplift and encourage people. Let me tell you why I'm telling you to do this as a specific, specific action item. And that is because the tendency today is to cut people down, say negative things, post things, you know, be rude, be crude, whatever. And it is really going against the stream in the world we're in today to be encouraging, uplifting, and say something positive to people. So wherever you can, give an encouraging word. I'll just tell you, this is one of the basic things I do when I coach and work with people. And I just actually did it two days ago. I had a client in a corporate environment, pretty pretty high energy corporate environment, a lot going on there, an executive. And one of the things they were talking about is that they wanted to have more influence and, you know, be able to move up in the in the corporation. They can move up a little bit higher. 
And I said, you know, I really think one of the things you need to do, because I know the environment is very challenging that they're in, one of the things you need to do is put about 30 minutes on your calendar every week to just focus on giving encouraging words to other people. And you could do it on Slack or text or private message, or you could pick up the phone and call them. I know, oh boy, I just dated myself there, but you could just pick up the phone and call people. But I really encourage them to just take the time, think about people that they've interacted with or that they lead, and say, what can I do to give someone an encouraging word? What can I do to catch someone doing something good instead of our tendency, which is to catch people when they do something bad, and we definitely let them know when they do, they do something wrong, let's try to give an encouraging word and catch them doing something good. Okay, and, and I think most people know, I mean, I'm, I'm a man that uses the scripture and Bible, and there's a Proverbs that says, life and death are in the power of the tongue, and it's not just in the power of the tongue for us personally, but we can give life or death when we talk to other people. So it's not just when we're looking at ourselves by applying that principle. It also applies when, when we speak words for other people. So speak good things to people, man. Just be kind. Be, be nice and show love. Next big bullet point is expect the best from people. Have positive expectations. You know, I'm, I'm kind of of the age now where I've, I've interacted with a number of people and, and I'll just be real truthful. There are a lot of people that, for whatever reason, they may have let me down. And it might have been let me down because if I, I had expectations that they were going to do something a certain way or, or, or whatever. I was disappointed or something like that. And it is real easy to be jaded, especially with, with news that we have and, and the way that we're able to hear about people and be so conflicted and at odds with others, it is easy to expect the worst from people. But I just want to encourage you to expect the best. I'm not saying to be naive and, you know, and give money away and open your doors up. And I'm not saying that, but just in most situations, almost all situations, expect the best. Expect people to be good. Expect people to do the right thing. Expect them to be nice. If you expect that, then I believe that in almost all situations, that's the way they're going to respond. Expect the best. You know, we do have a lot of generational and cultural differences. They, they do exist. But at the basic level, most people desire the same things. They desire love, relationships. They want to have hope. They want to have hope that they can be successful. They want to have meaningful work and relationships. And they want to take care of themselves and their family. And, you know, they just want to feel significant. Significance is relevant. Significance for some could be they want to be the president of the United States. Significance for others could be that they just want to go home every day from what they're doing at work and feel like they did something of value that day. So having said that, expect the best from people. The The next kind of big big topic here, uh, the next big bullet point is, is that it really doesn't matter if you have the tendency to be an extrovert or an introvert. I guess you could probably see that I would lean more towards extrovert tendencies. I think someone that would most likely start a podcast and for the first three seasons do nothing but talk on their own, 
yeah, they're probably going to fit in the extrovert, um, extrovert category. But I also want to say that some of the best leaders that I have seen, some of the people that are incredibly influential and, and compassionate about others, they would fall in the introvert category. Not necessarily outgoing and wanting to talk to people all the time, but very methodical. They're thinkers. But, but that thinking also leads them to know and understand when they, they may need to interact with others or uplift or encourage. So the only thing I guess I wanted, I wanted to say here is that it really doesn't matter if you're an extrovert or introvert. Don't worry about that. It is, it is irrelevant when it comes to, to, to leadership and influence and being a steward, being a steward over people. So anyway, I wrote something out here that I, I think is good, and I just wanted to kind of share it. People today interact with more people than they ever have in history because of technology and tools. In other words, we are sort of connected, but then we're also more disconnected because very few people interact at a level other than just surface level. Like, for example, I've got thousands of friends on Facebook, but it's very rare that I actually connect with them, talk to them, say things to them. You know, sometimes we message with certain people and, and different things like that, and, and that's, that's really something that is unfortunate. It's one of the reasons for the increases in loneliness, depression, and suicide is that people feel disconnected. So having influence over others and showing general, genuine interest in others is the simplest way to show influence. And that really leads to kind of the next bullet point I wanted to say is wherever you can, do things in person. Wherever you can, speak to people one-on-one in person. And I know that I'm speaking right now from traveling I'm on the road and and every every client I interact with it's it's virtual it's very rare that I have a client that I'm doing work with face to face which is one of the reasons why I almost all the time do video calls and with the video call I try my best to look into the camera so it looks like I'm looking into the eyes of the person and it's also so that that person knows that I'm not distracted and doing other things and they hear papers shuffling and things like that. I know we're in a world where it's so easy to send a text to someone and let them know they didn't do something right or to private message someone and give them a piece of your mind or, or even as a boss or a leader to send out an email that's maybe somewhat corrective or scathing to your people. I just... I just want to tell you, if you really want to be effective in leading others in a powerful way, if at all possible, when you have to communicate with someone, whether it be good, bad, indifferent, whatever, try to do it one-on-one or in person. That may be in a group or on a stage or, or whatever, but attempt to do that, <laughs> not just... Um, with the new technologies we have. And listen, I love technology. I love using it. It enables us to do tremendous things we've never been able to do before, but try to do things one-on-one in person. The next thing that I want to talk about is written communication, which kind of, which kind of feeds into what I just mentioned. There are times that we have to, we have to 
write things out either via email or text or or some some ways like that. I have been guilty in the past of pushing send before I catch my breath and think about what I'm sending. It is very easy to send something that's harsher than it would have been if we were sitting down with that person when we put it in writing. Text is another thing. You know, we shorten words. It's hard to read emotion in text, even if we put a smiley face. You know, we say something really harsh and put a smiley face. Or this is the thing I'm, I'm, I'm kind of kind of have a little bit of a pet peeve about this is that people will write something kind of tough and then they'll put LOL at the end that makes it okay just because, oh, I'm laughing out loud even though I just cut you to shreds. Written communication is really powerful. It still exists. We still need some decent grammar. I'm not saying perfect grammar, but we still need decent grammar and we still need the the ability to be able to do it. So be mindful of what you write and what you send and one of the things that I have found is very helpful for me is to pause and take a deep breath and think about it, sometimes wait a day or so before I hit send. Many times I've delete, 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 and never sent it, and everything's been fine. Or I've adjusted a word or two, taken something out, it changed the whole tone of the message, and it had a better impact when I sent it. So. Written communications, very important. Now, I will say in the next in the next episode, we're going to talk more about about communications and and both written and and in person. So we'll go into more details on that. But just just be cautious about written communications. the um, The next thing that I want to talk about the the next bullet item. We only have a couple left here. Is consistency. It is. It is very important when you're, let's, let's just say you're a parent. I think I shared this in a previous episode. I'll use this analogy again. It's important when you're a parent for you to be consistent in the way you lead your children. You don't want them to be afraid of walking in the door and one day you're just so quiet and sweet and huggy and lovey with them and telling them just sending out the signals that you just love them so much and you're excited to be their parent and excited that they're your child and then the next day they walk in and you're yelling and you're screaming and you're fussing and I'm not saying not to show emotions that's not what I'm saying here I'm just saying as someone who's a steward as someone who's a leader practice being consistent People want to know what to expect. And if you're inconsistent in the way you do things and the way you lead, if you're up and down and all over the place, then it's going to lead to a lot of issues. It's going to lead to lack of trust. It's going to lead to fear. It's going to lead to people not really, you know, they're walking on eggshells because they don't want to set you off. And they're going to try to figure out what does that. And you don't want to do that. So be consistent wherever you can. So I just really have one more big one, but I'm going to finish up with that. I I want to mention a couple of things before I get to it. I'm going to mention another book here that to me is one of the go-to books that I use right now with clients, especially those that are hiring and leading other people. And it's The Ideal Team Player by Patrick Lencioni. 
and he basically covers three, they sound simple, but they're more complicated than you might think, three things that should be the characteristics of the ideal team player that you're looking to bring on your team. The characteristics are this, hungry, humble, and smart. You need somebody that's hungry. They want to do better. They're striving for more. You need somebody who's got some humbleness. They're teachable. You can educate them things, educate them and teach them things. And then smart, not necessarily competent smart, even though that is important, but smart in their ability to deal with other people, kind of the EQ type smart that we've we've heard talk about. The Ideal Team Player by Patrick Lencioni. Now, the reason I'm bringing it up here is twofold. Number one, as you are building a team, you want to look for people that are just like this. But as a good leader, as a good steward that's leading other people, these three characteristics are some of the best gauges to know how well you are doing. Ask yourself, am I hungry? Am I striving to be better? Do I want to don't want to do more? Do I want to learn? Do I want to don't want to be better at what I'm doing? Am I humble? Am I teachable? Are people able to come to me and approach me and share things with me and you know, I listen to them. I'm not defensive. Do I have a humility about me? Uh, or or I'm or am I arrogant and cocky? And then finally, am I smart? Do I have these people people skills? Some of the things we've been talking about in this episode, do I have those? So hungry, humble, and smart. Great, great characteristics to look for in a team and to help you gauge yourself. The next thing I want to look at is just something that came across my desk recently, and I can't even recall where it came from, but it was this guide of what someone looks for when they are hiring other people in their organization. And it, it really just covers a lot of great things here. It's what others look for, or it's what they look for in people to be on their team. They look for people skills, leadership ability, communication skills, character, very important, competence, chemistry, energy. They have to have a certain energy about them, and then they need to be able to have a strong family life. You know, a lot of those, I'm going to kind of reference the, the last podcast, episode five of this season, that was kind of covered in that scripture that we looked at in 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 7. Really all of those things, character, communication skills, leadership, competence, energy, you know, family. So anyway, I think that's a good list. People skills, leadership, communication skills, character, competence, chemistry, energy, and family. So those are a number of bullet points. I want to finish up this episode with one thing that I have observed recently as being very detrimental to someone being able to be a leader, specifically a leader over people or a good steward. And, and I'll just go ahead and tell you, the word is fear. It, this to me is the barrier that keeps so many people from stepping into the role of responsibility that they probably should have. And it's fear. And it's the fear can take on a lot of things. It could be of people. You know, they might have a fear of being up in front of people. They might have a fear of leading people. They might have a fear of just people in general or what other people think about them. I've actually run across people in recent memory that had a fear of being successful. Somehow when they were growing up, 
they were taught that people that reached certain levels of success were not not good. They were bad people. They took advantage of others. And that thing was kind of in them. And every time they started reaching certain levels of success, they would almost self-sabotage. So they actually had a fear of success, which led to fear of other people and being in a leadership role. Very interesting. There's also a fear of making decisions. And I, I know a CEO that's over a very large organization right now, and, and he has such a challenge with making decisions, and, and I'll tell you that it really, really is detrimental to the organization, and it's really causing the organization to reach so much less than they should be reaching in their full potential. So, but it's a fear of making decisions, and I think it's a fear of making a mistake because, you know, these are some high-dollar decisions that need to be made, but because of fear and just being racked with fear, they're slow to decide and sometimes never decide because no decision is a decision, by the way, or a slow decision is a decision, but fear is something that I see is a big deterrent in people becoming a strong steward and a great everyday leader. So I hope these bullet points have been helpful for you. There are so many more that we could have covered, and we are going to look at some of them, some of these in episode seven when we talk more about communications. But I'm really just wanting to cover some foundational things in this podcast so that you can be that steward. You can be that leader that that you, I believe, are destined to be. I think everyone, I think everyone has some form of leadership role in them. It might be leading yourself. It might be leading family. It might be just leading a small group of people in your church or your company or your business. Or it could be that you've got bigger things that you're destined to do. And I am hopeful that just some of these basic things will be helpful in doing that. I have enjoyed covering this. I enjoy this topic. If you can't tell, I really dig this. In fact, I'm, I'm probably going to have to have my, my engineer slow these down because I can tell that my my speed is much faster when I'm covering this than it has been in some previous episodes that I've done. I hope it's not causing an issue to your to your listening ability. But anyway, I enjoy this. I enjoy sharing this and I hope you enjoy hearing it. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. I hope this has been helpful and I hope it helps you become a better everyday leader. Look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Seat Go Create podcast, a part of the SGC network. For those looking for excellence, moving towards success, and creating something new, we are constantly discussing bold new topics and ideas here on the network, so be sure to subscribe to be notified when we post new episodes. We look forward to sharing more with you next time, but until then, enjoy the journey.